Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and two of my Monorail family members are joining me this morning, this evening, whenever you're listening. They're joining me right now. Across the table is a very sleepy... Donut man. Donut man. (laughs) (laughs) He just enjoyed a couple Krispy Kreme donuts. Donut man, what's your favorite donut? Um... Either the chocolate with sprinkles ones or the crullers. Yeah. If you had to just pick one, though. Um, Cruller or chocolate ice with sprinkles? Crullers. Wow. Okay. Wow. I'm shocked. That's a bold statement from Donut Man. And what is the name of this shocked lady beside me? Samantha Monorail. Samantha Monorail is here. We have Garrett, Samantha, Justin, no McKenna today because she is again going to work. Yes. But here we are once again. It is October the 7th, and this is episode number 77 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. Lucky sevens all over the place. I feel like we just hit the slots. Although... Jackpot on the slots. It may be the 7th when people are listening, but we're recording on the 6th. And today is the day that I meet the greatest chef in the world, Chef Morimoto. He is an Iron Chef, and he is amazing, and I've been watching him since I was in middle school, and I can't wait to hug him. And I'm going to post pictures everywhere. You've been way too vocal on social media that you're going to be there. I think Morimoto Asia is aware that you're going to be there. There will be there will be a security detail around the chef. You're not going to be allowed to touch him. They are following me now on Twitter because... You've been harassing them. <laughs> they're like, who is this really loud girl that is obsessed with our beloved chef who should always be introduced with a great fanfare and roses at his feet. Wow. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Chef royalty. It's a little crazy, but I do really like him. I'm pretty excited. We're going to meet him today because we're going to Morimoto Fest. Yes. And on top of getting to meet the greatest chef ever, I get to have beer and his food. That's awesome. Beer and wine festival. I mean, beer and food festival. Yes. Pan-Asian Food Festival. And he's going to sign my cookbook, I hope. I was going to talk a little bit about Morimoto Fest, just to let people know what it means exactly, because I keep forgetting what we're going to be eating. I have no idea. I think I don't think you know either. I think the only thing that you're concerned about is that Chef Morimoto is there. <laughs> I don't know what we're eating, but um, his food doesn't disappoint. Yeah. So it's supposed to be kind of like a a little spin on Oktoberfest. We're going to have fall-inspired drinks and chef-driven offerings from 10 of their favorite local breweries. According to what I'm reading here, this event goes from 12.30 to 3 o'clock, and we will get to enjoy pairings of Pan-Asian Eats at 10 accompanying food stations offering everything from Morimoto Sushi a raw bar and ramen to dumplings, stir fry, and Morimoto's signature spare ribs. Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm so excited. There will also be live entertainment provided by DJ Jimmy Jocelyn, who will be spinning tunes all afternoon long, exclusive merchandise, including t-shirts and beer glasses. I'm getting a t-shirt for sure. So the way they do the tickets, tickets were $55 per adult and $25 per child. But I was thinking about this, and I kind of feel like the child range is ages 4 to 12. It really should have been like 4 to 20. Because if you can't enjoy the beer, you're only getting half of the experience. That's true. Yeah. You know? Or there should have at least been like a a non-alcoholic ticket that was maybe like $35. Right. Or something. Right. But I'm not making these decisions. 
They did sell premium seating for a party of four at a private booth with dedicated butler-style service for $500. I'm surprised you didn't talk me into doing that. No, and here's why. So I don't want to sit at a booth because I want to mingle and somehow continue to bump into the chef (laughs) the whole time we're there. You can't be interrupting him while he's meeting others. Oh, come on. (laughs) But you did get a Chef Morimoto book. I did. We're going to take it. Cookbook. Hopefully get get that signed by the chef. Yeah. And I swear I'm not that crazy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now you say no one believes that. I'm not going to bother him that much, but Mm -hmm. I am really excited to meet him. It's too late. You're on record. I am. And if anything happens to him today, you're going to be suspect numero uno. No, no, I won't hurt him. <laughs> I will hug him. <laughs> All right. We'll see if you're in jail next week. It may just be me and Garrett recording. <laughs> I'm not going to jail. Or maybe you can call in. Use your one phone call to dial in and tell us about your experience at Morimoto Fest. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, that'll work. Hey, Garrett. You had a pretty cool experience yesterday. So we did go to Epcot yesterday. And the main reason that we went was because Sam and Garrett had not seen Epcot forever. So that was a big deal. We wanted to do that. But you got to do something that's a new experience there, which is custom layered slushies over at the Cool Wash by Test Track. So we knew this was a thing. You got pretty excited about it. What did you think? It was really good. However, there's a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. So it can be a little overwhelming. Well, what did you do to ensure that there was going to be a lot of sugar in it, though, Garrett? Put nerds in it? (laughs) You put nerds in three different flavors and tell them what you made. Well, I I had a Coke, cherry, and watermelon. And you put the nerds in there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a recipe for sugar on top of sugar. Well, you're never going to get one flavor. That's a waste. Yeah. Why would you? Well... Agree, but I'm just saying it, it was set up to be very sugary. Yeah, basically, so the way that this works is they hand you a little card after you get in line, and you get to choose your flavors. There are six flavors to choose from, Coca-Cola, Fanta Cherry, Fanta Banana, Fanta Orange, Fanta Watermelon, and then Fla- Fanta. Why did I switch to Flanta for the last Flanta. one? Flanta. Flanta Blue Raspberry, and then there are four topping choices. You can get Candy Pebbles, which I think those are the nerds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Boba Pearls. Spice Drops, which are like dots. dots. Yeah. And then Popping Candy, which is Pop Rocks. And Garrett, I think you could get as many as you wanted. And it's just $6 because it says choose your topping and then an S in parentheses. Oh. Yeah. So I think you can get as many of those things as you want. You could get everything if you wanted. Dang. You could say, give me the full house and get everything. And they do have some recommendations, like they've got blue raspberry banana with candy pebbles, watermelon orange cherry with boba pearls, banana cherry with spice drops. I mean, you know, just kind of giving you some ideas of things that you could mix up, like a banana Coca-Cola, because who doesn't want that? Yeah, that sounds gross. (laughs) Um, That would not sound gross. That would not be gross. You think a banana Coca-Cola would be all right? Mm Mm-hmm. They do offer Coca-Cola orange vanilla with St. Petersburg gin for $13.50. Yeah, so I saw that being made yesterday, and I am not one to complain about people giving me things, but first off, okay, or making me food or anything like that, but first off, you get this really cool cup with it. It looks like a Coke cup, but it has figment on it, and it's a food and wine specialty cup, which is really tempting to get, but... I was standing there and I was watching this lady make these other ladies a drink and the ice in their bucket had melted and when she was putting in the ice, she filled up the cup halfway with water and then she put in a little bit of gin and then it topped it off with Coke. Those ladies were drinking water that's slightly spiked and I imagine that if that had been my drink and I was watching them make that, I would would have said, I'm sorry, but 
that's too much water with that ice. Yeah. You're going to have to dump some of that water. Yeah, and out. I think you'd be justified in complaining. You're paying thirteen fifty. You don't want half a cup of water. Yeah, it was, and and actually, the ladies were like, "Oh my god, did you see how much water to each other?" You know. Yeah. And I was thinking, I would have said something. I don't know why they didn't say anything. Yeah, I think I don't think it was on purpose. It was just right. I would have just told they would have fixed it. I think I I would have just told the lady, "Hey, you know, you're making my drink weak." So <laughs> weak, <laughs> weak sauce. But they also serve Jack and frozen Coke, mm. and you could get um, your Coke with vanilla or cherry. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds it, good to me. And it's not six dollars. I think it was like twelve. Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm done. I enjoy. <laughs> Very good. Slushies are always tasty. I agree. And especially when you get to add in things like Pop Rocks or Nerds. This is something we always enjoy doing at Sonic. Yeah. We're not sponsored by Sonic. I like the nerd slushy there. Yeah. Are there Sonics here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess I haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Well, we don't go there, but obviously we're not sponsored by them. <laughs> so I wanted to start off with that because now I think the next thing we need to talk about is the elephant in the room. Last week, we had a very big Skyliner Spectacular. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yesterday, while we were at the parks, there was a Skyliner Spectacular failure. So I want to say we were pretty fortunate because Garrett said when we got to Epcot, he's like, hey, I wouldn't mind riding the Skyliner today. Yeah. And we were, th- we were talking about it. Yeah, I actually mentioned, why don't we jump on the Skyliner and take a quick ride? Yeah, so we walked back to the International Gateway, and whatever time we got there... Like, we did a few things first. We did the slushies. We went to the Epcot experience. And we can talk a little bit more more about that in a minute. Um, and then we walked on back and got back into World Showcase after we did Test Track and stuff. And uh, we we walked by. We talked about it. And I was like, I just I don't want to go out and go back through security again because we were carrying a bag. It wouldn't have been a huge deal. But Epcot was very crowded. And I was just worried about it being kind of slow. And so I didn't want to deal with it. So we didn't do it. And we were lucky because... Right around that time, on the line from Epcot to the Riviera, there was a, a Skyliner accident. Yeah. And now here's what I want to say. People were stuck on there for like three hours, and that really sucks. They did come on to the emergency speaker system and tell everyone on the Skyliner that they could open their emergency kits, which contain water, and there are bags in case you need to relieve yourself, and a few other things in the emergency kits. So they told people, go ahead and do that. Once the people were evacuated off the Skyliner, most of them were compensated. I think it varied based on the situation, but I think a lot of them were compensated with Disney gift cards and park hopper passes and all kinds of stuff. And I know that was probably pretty miserable. Yeah, the Skyliners I, weren't moving. They were shut off. And it gets hot when and they're it not gets moving. Hot. Luckily, it was starting. the sun was going down. It ended up being nighttime while they were stuck on there, but yeah. still, it would have been hot. But here's the thing. No reported injuries, and while I'm sure people were tired, hungry, hot, thirsty, all that stuff, the reactions that I've seen on Twitter have been way over the top. Mm-hmm. This was not a tragedy. This was not a disaster. It was a bad thing that happened, and it sucks that it happened, and I'm not trying to downplay that. This was a bad thing that happened. Disney's going to fix it. They're not tearing down the Skyliner because of this. No, no, no. They're not canceling plans to expand it someday. They're going to fix it. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be down for a while. Disney's going to use a abundance of caution before they put people back on these things. I'm certain of that. It's crazy after six months of testing these things that something like this even happened. Yeah. And I didn't even really get into what happened. Apparently, at the little, uh, we'll call it the pivot, the pivot at the Riviera Resort... It looks like those gondolas stopped moving, and then the ones that were coming down off the line from Epcot to Riviera didn't stop moving, and so they piled up at the station. There were like three or four that got piled up together. And if you watch our video on YouTube posted by Andre, Thrills and Magic, you can go on Thrills and Magic and see the YouTube video uh, showing the movement of the Skyliners, and we talked about it on the show last week. They come into the station pretty hot. Yeah. They come in quick. They do come in quick. That's true. And the ones that are in the station are moving very slow. And you get very close to them before your bucket stops. So if you were in the one that, like, the ones that impacted, that was probably a pretty good jolt. 
Yeah, I can't imagine that felt good. Yeah, I don't know if anybody was in those. I, I'm hoping that maybe they weren't, but if they were, I hope everybody is totally fine. That could have maybe injured somebody. Again, everything that I've read, no injuries reported. Right. So all I'm saying is, and I know it's everyone's nature to overreact to things, but the way people are just like blowing this out of proportion, this, you know, this is not, it's not worthy of the outcry that is happening right now. Yeah. I've seen people saying they're, they're praying for, for the people on the skyline. You know, uh, yeah. And that's fine. If people want to do that, if people want to send pot, whatever, I'm just saying people are also like, I am never getting on these things now. Come on. I mean, come on. I mean, you can kind of look at it on the flip side. The people who were stuck, yeah, they were pretty miserable, but you know they're getting some good deals right now. Yeah, they're going to be taken care of. Yeah. Also, something this minor happening means that other mistakes might not happen. Right. Because they'll look at the wiring and They're going to figure out what happened. They're going to address it. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I mean, I understand. um, If I were on it, I'd probably be like... Let me tell my story. Where's the local news? But I wouldn't throw it way out of proportion. But I wouldn't mind the attention a little bit because Disney's giving them gift cards. And passes. And passes. We already have passes, though. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. And I think that a lot of people... See, it's people like me that cause the problem because we're, you know, like, oh, let's talk about it with everyone if you get stuck there. But, really, I'm sure everyone was fine. I know everyone was fine. So people are going to say I'm a Skyliner apologist because of this. And that's, I don't know if you want to say fine that you can say that I'm saying it's a problem that needs to be fixed and it sucked that it happened. All I'm saying is that the reaction that I've seen since is way over the top. Are you apologizing for the Skyliner? No. Yeah. Uh, but the fact I that I'm saying so. it's crazy that people are saying they're never going to ride it now. Yeah, I get that. But, um, I still, I, I think that, that's true because they are going to make it a lot safer. I imagine that this they're going to figure out how to make sure this never happens again. Yeah. I, someone with a fear of heights, will still write these. Yeah, there you go. I think at the very least, you. I mean, if you wanted to look at it, here's, here's my positive spin. This was a bad thing that happened, but no one got hurt and everybody got off. Yeah. The worst thing was... Some people ended up watching Epcot Forever from the Skyliner, if they could see it. Yeah. You know, they were up there for three hours. That I, I don't want to be stuck in one of those things for three hours. Oh, no. I, I can't make it through a two-hour movie without going to the bathroom a couple of times. So, <laughs> so we would have had to make some decisions on the Skyliner for sure. But uh, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to be stuck on it. I don't want anybody stuck on it. I just think it's all going to be fine. That's all. Yeah, your positive spin was a lot better than mine. Mine was a little on the selfish side. <laughs> I like gift cards. <laughs> oh, well, that's me. Yeah. I'm a terrible person sometimes. No, you're not. <laughs> hey, we did try a few new things from Food and Wine yesterday. You want to tell people what you tried? What was a surprise to you? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, I may have a new favorite thing, or it's it's just up there in the top Um I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't say I have a top five because there may be more than that. But um, we went to Islands of the Caribbean and we had um, empanadas. Yeah, Ropa Vieja empanada. Oh my gosh. They were fantastic. So good. So good. Surprisingly good for something so simple. It's a fried meat pocket. I... So it's very fragrant, fragrant, bleh. and um, it has like a strong cumin in it. And so, if you like, cumin? you know, good flavors, um, when you take a bite, you can while you're eating it, you taste it, and you can smell it in your nose while you're eating it. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, they we also had the jerk chicken there, and I I thought that the jerk chicken was good. But I wouldn't say it was a favorite. But it also... It was fine. It had cilantro in it. And I'm one of those weird people. Whenever I eat cilantro, I taste soap. So um, it tasted kind of soapy to me. We also tried the hummus fries. Oh, another thing 
That was fantastic. Yeah, this was something that had been recommended to us by a couple of our friends. So I know Allison had recommended to us. I know DVC duo Nate and Serena had said that they really enjoyed the hummus fries. Right. So we decided to give them a try. And they're spicy. They are very fried. Um, So just understand that going in. They're topped with cucumber, tomatoes, onions, tzatziki, and chipotle sauce. They were delicious. And I absolutely would have them again. I could taste the parsley in it, and it just it kind of gives it that little bit of the falafel fragrance to it too. But yeah, I I actually I would definitely eat those hummus fries again. They were they were great. Yeah, and we're they're spicy. Still making our way around, but man, we've we've knocked out some really good stuff. I, I feel like those hummus fries and that empanada were a surprise. I don't know that they would take over the spot of the um, Kenyan coffee barbecue beef tenderloin from Africa. Yeah, that was um, great. That's way up there. And then also from the Alps, a very similar dish was the... Um, venison stew? Yeah, that venison stew. Yeah, that was Which was, was good. very, very good. I can't say this enough. Try something you would never try um, at these places. The amounts are small. So if you hate it, you know, I'm sure someone else would eat some of it, but just pick out something crazy, something weird that you don't think you would typically eat because I think you might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's very true. You got to, you got to be bold with your choices. Yeah, here it is. Venison stew with crushed tomatoes at the Alps. And don't forget, if you're a fan of cheesecake, that, (laughs) yeah. That uh, cheesecake, the maple bourbon cheesecake from the trees, Cheese Studio was such a delight. Yeah, that, that was awesome. And and this might be something that's there all the time, but I just noticed the signs since the Food and Wine Festival has been happening. But over at the in the African area where the trading post is, they have a little stand there that's always there of food. And I got the... Um, Oh, Nigerian Nigerian meat, meat pie. pie. And um, I liked it too. But again, it's got like that um, strong seasonings yeah. like garmi and masala and stuff. I really like food. That's why I like the chef. <laughs> um, and But I enjoyed it too. It's not as good as the empanada, but it is very good. And it'll be good if it's there like year round. Because then whenever it's Diet Epcot, I could get one. Garrett doesn't have a lot to say during this part because he's not a foodie. Yeah. But, Garrett, you had the Le Cellier Filet. What did you think? Well, I mean, it's it's the same it's the same thing as I had in Le Cellier, basically. <laughs> Just some steak. It was good. I don't think they're cooked as well as if you go to Le Cellier. Like, yeah, it tasted like blood. But Actually... I, I thought it was a little overcooked. That's what I thought, too. Whenever I had Garrett's, I thought it was, you know, well done. Yeah. And then whenever I had mine, it was medium rare. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and uh, Le Cellier didn't taste like blood, though. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting that you say that. I think red meat kind of always has that iron taste to it. Yeah, but this one was, like, really blood tasting. Well, it was yours was more done than the one that I'd had before. Yours was pretty well done. Oh, but we did get to see a lot of ducks while I was eating. (laughs) We did see a lot of ducks, a lot of Epcot ducks. Before we wrapped up the first segment here, I did want to say that Disney has launched a new website that gives you a rundown of all the plant-based options at all the parks and resorts. Hmm. They're trying to make a lot more uh, flexibility and, and put a lot more choices out there for people who are either vegan or vegetarian and... If you want to check that out, all you have to do is you can go to disneyworld.disney.go.com slash dining slash plant dash based. And you can sort or basically uh, do your searches by park and by resort. And there's a lot of stuff. And the pictures look really pretty. Um, The food looks good. I I like uh, vegetarian options as well. I, I... don't have to have meat all the time, but the food there it looks it looks really nice. Yeah, it's nice. Disney does a really good job of not just like, oh, you're vegetarian, here's a salad. You know. Right. There's a lot of good looking things to choose from and available all over the place. So know before you go, do your research, and that way you're not searching for something when you get there. Yeah. And try something new, people. 
And you can just, if you want to find that without, like if the uh, URL is a bit complicated, just do Disney World uh, plant-based dining. Do a Google search. You'll be able to find it. There's links everywhere. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we're going to wrap up this segment and we've got another M340 coming your way. And then at the end, we're going to do a little review of Epcot Forever. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the monorail. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me is the Dawes himself, Landon, the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. Uh, always fun to be coming from the fun V that is the humdrum V, otherwise known as the Monday morning monorail. <laughs> Hi, buddy. <laughs> I just, you know, I always go with it. But I, in retrospect, when I'm editing and I hear you say that, I'm like, are you really saying the rest of this show is the humdrum V because... Yes, because I'm not there. I feel and, like... And, and, and we all know that everybody comes here for me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true at all. You bring the I magic. only say it because it was from that one Disney property with uh, Robert Downey Jr., the one where he wears the, the fun suit. Um, hmm. Tony Stark in the magical uh, mystery uh, suit. I think that's the name. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, he says that line in that one movie. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. I'll buy it. I'll go with it. Okay. <laughs> well, Landon, we are here once again to continue our quest to tell the story behind the attractions of the Walt Disney World Resort. And we've been working our way through the Magic Kingdom. We took a little step out last week as we talked about the Disney Skyliner. Um, But you know what? We're going to stay in the skies this week as we return to the Magic Kingdom because we're going to talk all about the magic carpets of Aladdin. Everyone's favorite spinner, right? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. We can definitively say it's one of people's spinner rides at Walt Disney World. Let's say it's everyone's favorite Aladdin themed spinner in Adventureland. There we go. I, I feel I feel <laughs> confident saying that. <laughs> and I don't mean to disparage the ride. It's just it it is what it is. You see what you get with this one, uh, or you get what you see. It's, yep. So that's it. All right, Jay, head to, head for the plugs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As I usually do at the beginning of these sections, I like to tell you a little bit about the ride. In this case, it's a spinner. As we've talked about, we've talked about. Uh, Dumbo, we've talked about the Astro Orbiter, and now we're talking about the third spinner in the Magic Kingdom. It's a similar ride, different theming, and there's a couple of different elements that make it somewhat unique. This one in particular actually holds four guests at a time. It has two rows, and in the in the case of the front row, you have control over how high or low that your magic carpet flies. In the back row, you, there's a magic scarab that will help you either tip the carpet forward or lean it backward. Now, Landon, let me ask you something. Have you ridden this ride? No, I have not ridden this ride. And No, it's okay. I hadn't until this summer. And it was one of those things where now we're AP, we live down the road, so... La-dee-da, let's go back to the Magic Kingdom today. (laughs) Exactly, Buffy. (laughs) Exactly. Where's my ascot? Um... (laughs) We, we have the luxury of being able to slow down and take in some of these things that in the past we might have said it wouldn't be on the top of the priority list because we're trying to get to Pirates or we're trying to get to the Haunted Mansion, Big Thunder. The list goes on and on. Swiss Family Treehouse. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we all know that that's, that's what you love to do when you're in the Magic Kingdom. Go to the Swiss Family Treehouse. Climb stairs. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what you do when you go to... The Magic Kingdom. You go into a treehouse. Sorry. <laughs> um, but we did do this, and I guess I rode in the back. I don't. I don't remember where everyone else was seated. But what I will tell you about the scarab, I don't know that the tilting is even 
noticeable. Maybe others will disagree with me. Maybe my magic carpet just didn't tilt that much. It was doing something. It wasn't like it was, you know, doing any kind of noticeable tilting of this of this carpet. I I don't I would say it wasn't doing anything. <laughs> That's my it's opinion. Curious you you mentioned the tilting option because just watching it, I never would have noticed that. Yeah. So maybe you're on to something. Maybe the tilt is more of a suggestion kind of kind of like it says you're tilting yeah. so you think you're tilting type thing <laughs> it's a placebo button it's like there i think i feel yeah. something i think i feel it's, like <laughs> it's a placebo scarab yeah <laughs> yeah now the controls in the front do work and this is important because you can take the carpet way up high you can take it way down low what you don't want to do is keep it somewhere in the middle why because there is a golden camel that will spit on you <laughs> as you're yep. circling. If it wasn't bad enough that you're going to get motion sickness going in circles around the genie's bottle, you're also going to get spit on. Talk about adding insult to injury. And you don't even got to be on the ride to get spit on by the camel either. That's true. I can speak from experience on that. <laughs> and true. Makes you, at least in my instance, throw up my hands like I'm ready to fight in the middle of the Magic Kingdom because something <laughs> dumped water on me. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep your head on a swivel if you're walking around the bizarre area because mm -hmm. there are two camels, both of them spit. And I found something interesting about these camels that I didn't know as I was doing research today. Landon, do you know where those camels came from? Uh, I would imagine the zoo. No, um, contrary to popper, wait, wait, popular, wait, my bad. Ag Agrabah. They came from Agrabah. That's it. Yeah, kind of. Mm -hmm. So. Actually, both of these camels used to be part of Aladdin's Royal Caravan Parade back in hashtag AlwaysMGM, or as we know it today, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, that parade was actually per replaced by the Toy Story Parade, and when that happened, they relocated the the camels. Mm. And, and now, they sit around the magic carpets of Aladdin. So, um, you know... It's, it's another one of those examples of things not getting tossed aside, um, getting reused somewhere else, in, in whether it's the same park or other parks. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I always think it's cool when Disney can find ways to recycle stuff, though I think they would prefer the term like uh, show a tip of the hat. Yeah. to history that preceded this attraction. I always think that's cool. Yeah. And and I know some of the more cynical people online think that's lazy by Disney, but you know, they're cynical, so screw them. I don't think it's I don't think that's true. I don't think it's lazy. I I mean I don't either. <clears throat> I I think I think it's very in, innovative. Cuz it's very easy to put something in the garbage. Yeah. I think it's sure. Will it save money to reuse things? Absolutely. But also it's kind of like preserving a bit of history. Mm -hmm, and exactly. as I think about what's going on at Epcot right now, and I just saw on Twitter yesterday something that even just the thought of it is making me have like PTSD. Someone said that they were driving into Epcot and they noticed that there was a crane removing scrap metal. And as they got a closer look at it, it was pieces of the Illuminations globe. <sighs> Ooh, oh, just here. Oh, God. Exactly. Uh, See, that was uh, my reaction. Just reading the tweet. So knowing. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> uh, I need a minute. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would have. I'm glad I didn't see uh, it. I'm glad I didn't see it because exactly. My condolences to whoever saw that because I got to carry that with them for the rest of the talk days. about an image that'll be stuck in your mind. Right. Jeez. So. In this Ugh. case, things didn't get thrown away. They were preserved. So, <laughs> It's a chilling thought. It, uh, oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm doing the rest of this M340 under protest just, just based on hearing that. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about Aladdin for a minute. So this is appropriately placed in Adventureland. I actually think that it works well in Adventureland. I like that they have kind of this Agrabah background and the bazaar is nice, the little shopping area. It's a nice location for a meet and greet with Aladdin and Jasmine. And sometimes you get other things like Genie and Jafar show up and things like that. So yeah, I, I know Jafar posts up there during the not so scary. Yeah, yeah. So I really like all that. I think all that's good. And this is another one of those things where I don't, I don't despise the fact that it exists. I actually, like, I know it's a ride for kids, and kids love it, and 
um, it's something that, especially if you get there kind of early in the day, you're not going to have to wait super long, but it's kind of slow loading. So, you know, if, if you know kids are going to be um, kind of reluctant to ride things like Space Mountain or Big Thunder, you might even, as a parent of small children, end up using a fast pass for it, but you shouldn't have to. Um, but I like looking at it. I think it looks nice. Um, it gives a nice kinetic energy to that area right there beside the Tiki Room. And so all of that is good. But here, here's kind of the thing about it. It's kind of crazy. You know, Aladdin, the movie, came out in 1992. And this attraction didn't debut until May 24th, 2001. So, Wait, what? Yeah. That it's, I know. It's kind of wild. Like, it wow. took a very long time. And this was the first, uh, officially, the first Aladdin attraction to be put into the Magic Kingdom or I think any Disney park. Um, so now we've got other flying carpets and there is a, uh, in Disneyland, in Disneyland Paris in March, 2002, they opened the flying carpets over Agrabah. And then in, uh, Tokyo Disney sea in 2011, they opened Jasmine's flying carpets. Wow. Yeah. So you've got other Aladdin attractions, but 2001, I mean, nine years to get an and Aladdin was a hit. Yeah. Like in that time that it took them to put anything in the park. I mean, not only was the original Aladdin, a, a force of nature at the box office and in the home market. I know of at least one sequel that came out to Aladdin in that time. There might've been another sequel that came out, you know, in Disney's direct to yeah. home, uh, home sequels. But at the same time, like, Disney Animation was able to crank out a whole new Aladdin movie from the time Aladdin one debuted in theaters to the time it finally showed up in the park. I'm like, I wonder what the hangup was on that. It just takes so long to develop things. I, I, I don't know. I, a decade though. Yeah, I mean, they moved a lot faster on some other things. Like for example, Frozen got a ride much faster than that. It didn't take <laughs> nine years to get a Frozen ride, but. I mean, there are things out there, like, for example, they've been talking about, like, a Wreck-It Ralph attraction forever, and that still hasn't happened, you know, potentially replacing Stitch's Great Escape. Um, sometimes it just takes a long time for them to actually take a concept and make it a reality, whether that be budget or they just don't come up with the right idea, who knows. Now, they had previously tried to kind of jam <laughs> Aladdin onto an existing attraction, not necessarily Aladdin, but characters from Aladdin. If you remember, there was a redo of the Enchanted Tiki Room that uh, happened in 1998. That's right. That everybody loved. Yes. Everyone was a fan. Yep. No one complained. Not a negative word was said about it. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. So, Especially online. Nobody said anything negative about it online. <laughs> but, but yeah, back in 98... All of a sudden, the Enchanted Tiki Room had new management, and Zazu from The Lion King and uh, uh, Iago, yeah, I was having trouble with that, I was like, Iago uh, from Aladdin showed up in the Tiki Room, and the show changed, it, it, they got like some modern songs and all that sort of thing, but yes, characters from Aladdin were now in the parks doing something um, at, on an attraction, but it wasn't like an official thing, so... That happened, at least it was only seven or six years after the movie came out. Yeah, I guess when you put it like that, it's like, man, it's a miracle it happened so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and that lasted till 2011, so there was some overlap there. Uh, just a little overlap for like a decade or so. Yeah, just, just, just barely a decade, you know. Yeah. It's still crazy to me that Enchanted Tiki Room Under New Management lasted 13 years. Yeah, seriously, a... Uh, uh, it was pretty much reviled from the word go, right? Like, like there, there wasn't a thing where everybody's like, yeah, this is neat. And then the longer it went on, everybody turned on it, right? I, it's hard to say. I think for people who knew the Tiki Room prior to the new management coming in and taking over, I think that people didn't really like it. But, you know, Sam is an example of someone who her first exposure to the Tiki Room and McKenna's was, was under, under new management. New and they thought it was fine. They liked it. And they liked the new music that was in there, you know? So it's it's very possible. I mean, that's, like I said, that happened for 13 years. So there were kids that grew up with that that's version of knew. the Tiki yeah. Room. 
Yeah. So they probably are mad that it went away. Man, that's just Disney making everybody mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you go to Walt Disney World, to get furious. Yeah. Wait, no, no. Sorry, I'm mixing that up with another theme I part. think that's why anybody does anything these days, just to get mad. That is true, especially online. Everybody has to stay angry all the time. <laughs> um, let's see if I had any other fun facts to bring to you today. Yes, because I am the judge. I, I don't have a gavel yet, and based on last week, I'm still recovering from breaking my right knuckles, uh, <laughs> frapping on some hard piece of wood around me. So uh, just everybody play along in your mind. Yeah. No, I don't really. It's a 90 second. Okay, all right. I judge these not fun. Okay. It's a 90 second ride. You know, we've talked about it before. We've tried to rank the spinners in uh, the Walt Disney World (laughs) Resort. I think for me, I put Astro Orbiters number one because of the views. I put Dumbo Mm -hmm. number two because it's a classic. And I would put Aladdin number three. And then Triceratops spin would be four. And I... That, that seems fair. Yeah, I think that's my rankings of the spinners. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get another one at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, just based on the way Disney likes dropping these, why not? Uh, let's go ahead and start the rumor coming to Disney Springs in 2020. No, no, I got a better one. Coming to Pandora. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. <laughs> I mean, why It'll not? It'll be a space camel that spits on you. So, uh, I think that's it. I think we're good for today. I I don't really have anything else to say about Magic Carpets of Aladdin. We can check the box. We've talked about it. And the story here is that it exists. (laughs) And I'm purred happily. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, wow, talk about a uh, lackluster M34D. (laughs) uh, The only thing I guess I would have to say on this is when you go to get in line for this attraction... Or for a Dole Whip, which just happens to be nearby. Be sure you know which line you're getting in before you invest time in said line and realize, no, I don't want to get on this ride. I just want a Dole Whip. What's going on? Because <laughs> that may or may not have happened. <laughs> yes. Make sure you're clear what line you're standing in. Mm-hmm. Because at peak times for this attraction and a Dole Whip, but let's be honest, there's never a bad time for a Dole Whip unless you're Sam. Uh, the the uh, lines can kind of get congested. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And if you don't want to stand in line, you can always mobile order that Dole Whip. As you should. Let's be honest. The lines there are always just crazy busy, though. One time it was so crazy busy, crazy busy there. Even the mobile order line was backed up by like 10 minutes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wanted Dole Whip. Maybe I should stop telling people to do it. This is my secret. Stop mobile ordering Dole Whip. Yeah, I read online that if you you mobile order Dole Whips, uh, it drains the battery of your phone, so you definitely shouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and fuel rods don't save it either, so, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? Not not order Dole Whips is what you're going to do. You know what? And you need to preserve that battery because Mm -hmm. you're going to want to listen to podcasts like this one and like others... That Landon the Dawes Doan has to offer. Landon, tell them about what they've won. Uh, if they would like to go to buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. I don't have an Aladdin thing to do, so I'm just going to say, sit on your butt and munch. That was extreme. I like it. Uh, that's where you can find other podcasts such as Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. God Talk, if you're a fan of HBO's award-winning series Game of Thrones. Uh, if you're looking for our opinions on the final episode, don't because uh, the general mood among the recording crowd after that episode was, I think we're good. Uh, so there's that. If you're a fan of the Sweet Science Professional Wrestling, if you're one of the three million that watched uh, some wrestling on Wednesday, uh, I would suggest you download that. They are old, so you know they're not going to have anything to say about AEW Dynamite that debuted on TNT Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. Uh, Eastern time, of course. Uh, or there's the R&D project where myself and Will Rab talk about stuff. Uh, but in lieu of that, I would invite you to go to the iTunes store and search all of those and uh, download and subscribe and leave a review there because I am still paying a service to put all of them in the iTunes store. So I might as well get some downloads. Don't forget to sing your song, though. Oh, uh, let's see. Exit. La- 
Wait, sorry, different song. L A N D O Z, please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best, Landon Doan, not the rest. Uh, that's where you can follow me on Twitter, 280 characters at a time. Yeah. And see, this would be where I normally go into plug and butt munch, but we're just all over the place with these uh, plug segments. <sighs> oh, and I'm also on the Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI, radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming worldwide on the web at Newstalk987.com. Also available in the News Talk app. You can download that in the iTunes Store and the Google Play Store. And uh, iHeartRadio as well. That's an app. I'm not just saying that I heart radio. I mean, I do heart radio because I get a paycheck from it. Mm-hmm. But 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 it's two things in this instance. I'm waiting. And for I the, think that's it. I'm waiting for the day when uh, you just peace out and and leave that one off until the next segment. It's going to happen. I know it will. Oh, one of these days it is going to happen. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be a surprise to me and you, the listener. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. Well, speaking of surprises, do we want to go ahead and tell them what we're going to be doing over Halloween week? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we should talk about that. So, or is this just going to be a tease for an announcement later, and I'm going to keep all the listeners in suspense? I like this idea. So here's the thing. Last year, we did a very special Halloween episode that ended up being M340 taking over the podcast and yes. doing a feature of the haunted mansion and it deserved it and it was fun a lot of people enjoyed that episode so we're thinking about doing something similar we're gonna do that episode again. we're doing it all over again yep it's actually gonna be running commentary of us talking over ourselves (laughs) it's gonna be amazing (laughs) yeah finally director's commentaries have made it to podcast oh man it's only a matter of time (laughs) no but though we're talking about another very special episode for maybe another tra- attraction. So stay tuned and just wait because it's going to be good stuff. We we know how to do up Halloween ride around here. It's very special mm-hmm. to us. Yep, I don't I don't put out decorations for any other holiday, but Halloween is the one that I participate in. So yes. Yeah. I love and, me some Halloweens. Yeah, and I'm going to turn my camera. So for those of you who are watching the video on YouTube, by the way, M34D, I've got a couple backlog. I need to get them loaded. We'll get this one up there too. But if you're watching the video, we do, the spooky decorations are starting to come out because look behind me. I dig that. That's a mini. She's going to be going on the front door and she glows in the dark. (laughs) That's a good place to put it on the front door because when I was down in the park, I almost got one of those, but it's like, I have nowhere to put this. Front door. Front door. Yeah. Just like a wreath or something. (laughs) A spooky wreath. Spooky wreath. So, happy spooky wreath season to you, Landon. (laughs) Right back at you. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope to see you again here back next week. Yeah, I think we can do that. Welcome back to the monorail. Hope you enjoyed M34D today. Talking all about the magic carpets of Aladdin. I don't really like that ride that well, much. <laughs> I like it. It's fun to make us go into the camel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kids like making their parents get soaked by the spitting camels. Yeah, other I mean, I don't like things that just put me in a circle. Um, because as you'll remember, just the other day we rode Mission in Space. And the whole time, I pretty much was like, oh, my God, I feel drunk. I don't like this. I'm going to be sick. I'm very susceptible to motion Yeah, and of course, that's an extreme example because we rode the orange mission, which is the more extreme mission. And, uh, yeah, you got to be very careful with that one if you're motion sensitive. It's pretty rough. (laughs) But even if you're a little bit motion sensitive, sometimes the spinner rides can be... A yes. little much. Yeah. Yes, those are those those actually I think are pretty hard on me because I can see the environment around yeah. me moving around. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be careful on those things. You don't want to ruin your day. Motion sickness is awful. Mm-hmm. If you get that and it can stick with you for a while. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So when we were in the parks on Saturday, 
our main mission was to allow you guys to get your first viewing of Epcot Forever. This was going to be my second viewing. And I really wanted you to be able to see it so that you could give your opinions, give your reviews, because I know how I feel about it and I wanted your perspectives. So now that we've seen it, I don't like I don't think we need to kind of describe the show to people because if you want to, Disney did a live stream, you can go on the Disney Parks YouTube and watch it. Um, there's also a lot of videos out there. In fact, yesterday we were in the on the little patio at the Italy Pavilion over by the water. We took a video that I'll be posting on our YouTube yeah. shortly at some point. So if you want to see what we saw, you can see it from there and hear Sam's reactions to the kites. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so now we've seen it. You heard the music. You've gotten the full perspective on it. I want to start with Mr. Garrett. So Garrett, Epcot Forever, tell us what you think about that show. It's propaganda. <laughs> it's pretty propaganda pretty propaganda now why do you say that they make you go look at the pretty lights and nice music so you'll think that uh epcot is done and now it's new epcot it's better but it's not it's they're just removing what Ep the character of epcot and putting in ips <laughs> so but what do, you, what do you think about like talk about the visuals it, they were really cool um, the cool, like, sparks on the, on the lake. Yeah. The were, swirls. Were really cool. Yeah. And the kites were beautiful. Mm -hmm. I like whenever neat. there were four of them on top of each yeah, other. Yeah, they did. They do the stacked kites kind of thing. That's cool. And, um, I don't appreciate how it looks like the kites are drowning whenever they're done with them. <laughs> Those poor kites. Yeah. We, we got some pretty up close views of those kites. And then when they were reeling them in after they turned the lights off, they do go into the water, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess they'd have to, I don't know what I was They just left them thinking. there. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then they have to go round them up later. Yeah. But visually fireworks, the kites, all that stuff you like. Yeah. You're and, just, you and just the cool whenever they did like all the colors with the lasers. Mm -hmm. That was really cool too. Yeah. You're just mainly talking about the message that they're yeah. trying to, to give you at this show. And uh, and that's interesting. So what do you think, Sam? I'm not going to give my opinion. Give your opinion. Nobody your wants opinion. to hear it. Do you want me to give mine so you can have the last word? No. Because I usually get the last word. Well, so, that's true. So let me, I'll yeah. give mine. Because I can build on what Garrett said. Because I, I worry a little bit that he also, I may have influenced him because I was saying similar things. Um, here's what I said. Without going into too much detail or going on too much, it's marketed as a celebration of Epcot's past and future. What it really is, is a eulogy for Epcot as it used to be. And basically they're telling you, hey, here's all this fun stuff. They're masking it under the guise of, hey, remember all these fun attractions and fun rides you used to do? That was all really cool, right? Well, guess what? We're moving on. They even use Walt himself as a voiceover before they throw Whole New World in your face at the end and say, Epcot will always be in a state of changing. It'll never be finished. I personally don't think he meant that it's going to change into what it's changing to. That's my personal opinion. And then you get Whole New World and it's like, all right, we get it. We're going to have world discovery, world nature, world showcase. We get we get it, but come on. Come on. Come on. I know what you're trying to do, Disney, and I don't like it. So now the show, visually, there are some cool things to see. I just think they're being very manipulative with this show, and I think it's like this show I hear is going to go on for a year. First of all, I'm glad it's temporary because I don't love it. It's good, but I don't love it. Um, but... I will say that I think it's a year of basically giving the message to people, move on. I'm surprised they didn't put let it go in this show, honestly. If you just want to hit it, hit the nail on the head, first of all, Frozen is at least in the park. Aladdin is not, aside from a meet and greet in Morocco. Why not just put let it go in there? Just have them telling us that should have been right after like the you know one little spark. And then they're just like, hey, guys. Let it go! And then they go into all the IPs. Just do it. Um, I don't think it's a funeral, though. I just think it's uh, something they're just saying, move on, get over it. They are. They are. 
They even throw and I get mad because there is there is the spark the part in the show when the when the fire kites come out and they play Tapestry of Nations. Both times that I've seen the show, that part starts to get me choked up and then I get mad because <laughs> I'm like, "You I know what you're doing. Stop it. It's not fair." <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get you emotional. Yeah. So, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to say anything else. Sam gets the last word on Epcot forever. I won't rebut. Go ahead. First, I want to say one more thing. This feels like a whole new company. A whole new company. Well, okay. So, I like how firework heavy it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of fireworks going on. I thought that was really cool. The kites are impressive. And, and yes, I may have said, oh, wow. <laughs> I wasn't when, giving, I didn't mean to give you a hard time. I just meant you were impressed by them. They're, they're really cool. And somehow they like change colors while they're up and all of them go out at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. The visuals of this is really impressive. The other thing, I didn't grow up in Epcot during the times that these songs were playing. Now, I'm not saying that I want Epcot to, you know, all the old stuff just to go away. I just, maybe I don't have the attachment that you got, well, Garrett wouldn't, that you've put on our children (laughs) and you have. But, um... I I agree that it is kind of a message, but I think I don't think it was a negative message. It's like it was a message of like an homage to what it was, but also understanding that Disney's not intended to be the same forever and it does change. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to change. And um I had a good time at the Epcot experience earlier in the day and it was, they did a really good job of selling me on what the changes are because it's impressive to look at what they're doing in the video. It gets you, you're watching it and you're like, Oh my God, I love this. It's so cool. And then you hear the show and yeah, it is kind of prepping everyone for it, but I don't think they mean it in the way you guys are saying I realize you're giving me dirty looks right now. <laughs> Not just a shocked look. And I feel like this I this is going to make everyone angry. But you guys also have to realize I didn't grow up just going to, you know, Disney or, or Epcot this way. Epcot has been different. So, um, and I haven't really experienced that. Now, I don't want them to get rid of everything. But, I mean... I don't know. Some of the changes I'm ex- I'm pretty excited about. I like new stuff, though. Well, the one thing I I have grown up with is Journey into Imagination. Mm-hmm. And but that, they're not planning on get, getting rid of Figment, from well, we what we can tell. Yeah, from what we can tell. But they used his song a lot in, mm-hmm. in this. One little and spark comes They used a lot of songs from things that are gone. Yeah. I think they were using that more as, like imagination and ideas are what are fueling the changes but i do get concerned because even in the epcot experience it feels like they are very silent because they even talk about the changes they're doing to spaceship earth in the epcot experience Um, they don't give details but they say it's happening and they don't like through all of this through d23 through their press releases through epcot experience they don't say anything about Figment that or could, Journey into that Imagination. That could just mean they're leaving it alone. Because it looks like that building is exactly the same, but its surroundings change. Yeah, things around it change, which is why there's something happening, but they're not saying what. And I like I do like the part where it, when it goes to the Moana thing, it looks like the um, Journey to Imagination is a volcano of water. Yeah. Okay, hold on. So go back to the Figment thing, though. Um Figment could use a little love that ride. Sure. And, you know, maybe what they should do is they could do Figment with, um, let's say, uh, Star Wars. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) That was a joke. I knew you were messing around. What I think they should do is just make the, just revamp the graphics a little bit of Figment. Like, they can leave the, the scientist alone, but they can just make figment look a little better yeah because he's outdated yeah he's looking aged i i think the ride needs to be retouched i i just think because we've heard a lot of rumors in the past that 
Bob Chapik has no love for Figment, or at least no. There's Figment is not a sacred cow. Like they definitely feel like only people who have been going to the parks forever or locals care about Figment. People like new the new generation doesn't care. That's what they think, and so I just I do worry. But I, I and the thing is, I see so many people my age talking about Figment and having like Figment hats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. but. Anyway. I don't know. Don't hate me. No, no one hates you. That's the thing. I like having this conversation because I think it's important that we have the different perspectives. Because I'm bringing the curmudgeon perspective. Garrett is bringing a mixture, but he's definitely influenced by by the fact that I've raised him up on traditional, like what Epcot's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And But you bring the perspective of you're new to this, and you don't have that attachment to all that. You never saw Horizons. No. You didn't see uh, Magic Journeys. No. You didn't go to Kitchen Cabaret. No. None of this stuff. No. So it doesn't matter. No. And I mean, but I do have an attachment to Figment. I don't want Figment to go anywhere. I think he's the mascot of Epcot, you know? Yeah. Um, But like, I don't know. I I don't mind some of the changes. I'm excited about the water um, area because it does tie into us understanding our world mm-hmm. and environment like Epcot wants us to. I still think we need a Middle Eastern country in the World Showcase, but, you know, I know that's controversial as well. Go figure. Look at me go. But I don't know. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see how it changes. And um, I still think and I understand whenever you say these things, I understand where people are coming from in this perspective of this is awful. But. Um, maybe people should understand that there are a lot of people who didn't get to grow up that way. Yeah. And it's recognized that especially little kids, they want to see their TV heroes yeah. or movie heroes, you know? And I do understand that. I yeah. do. Um, I get it. I do think that what they showed of the new show after Epcot forever, is going to be more like foreign based uh, Disney movies that they're using songs from. I don't know about that. Because, you know, World Showcase. Yeah, I don't know. I think because... We'll see. Who knows? I think it's going to be a mixture of just Disney music from all over the place. But we'll see. Yeah. Like I said yesterday when we talked about this, I know that Epcot is going to be a fun place to visit. And I'm excited about a lot of the things that we're going to have in Epcot. I think a lot of it is going to be cool. I'm feeling optimistic that it's still going to be a park that I love to spend time in. And I guess I'm just in that stage now where I'm feeling just sad about, you know, what Epcot used to be and saying goodbye to it is a bit hard. Um, And I just, I'm just trying to accept that. And I realize there's not a lot of money for Disney from a Disney perspective there's not a lot of money in making this park a place where we're educating people about the world, um, at technology, transportation, communication, conservation, agriculture. They can still do that. They just have to make it like connecting to the younger generation yeah. now. I feel like what Epcot is right now doesn't need to be changed because it's made me think about you know the world and nature definitely mm-hmm. because of living with the land. Yeah. I don't know. We are truly living with the land. I don't want people to unfriend me. <laughs> and I want the Dillos Diz to still talk to me. But I do plan that whenever the Dillos and Snydellos come to the area and the tiny little Dillos and Snydellos, I'm going to make sure. I'm going to be like, look, guys, it's Moana. So that way they can be so excited and their parents will be behind going, <laughs> I do, I <laughs> oh, change. I do think that a lot of kids are going to have a very good time. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh-huh. Especially with this new play pavilion. That thing looks awesome. It does. It looks very cool. Yeah. We also took a video of the Epcot experience. I don't know how great it is because it's like a 360 degree experience. So you've got a wraparound screen. You've got the big model that they do projections on in the middle. I I tried to do my best to capture a lot of it. And I'll put that on YouTube as well. I like the whole rune thing they're doing with like all the logos. Yeah. Where like activates one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Epcot has always kind of had that logo thing 
where they, you know, create kind of a unique logo for each one of their pavilions and rides and stuff. So yeah. I like, I do like that. Like, I like the Epcot logo, but yeah. um, Hollywood Studios hashtag always MGM did it wrong. But <laughs> Epcot's got this. Yeah. All right. So we want to hear your opinion. Have you seen Epcot forever? How do you feel about it? Are you on the positive side? Do you wish this show would stick around instead of being replaced? Do you feel like it's a good message? Do you feel like it's propaganda? Do you marketing? feel like Tiki Room should have been an actual like tea room where you <laughs> hang out with birds? Right. <laughs> like the original idea. Yeah. <laughs> So we want to hear about it. And you can let us know if you interact with us on social media. We are at Morning Monorail on Twitter. We're Monday Morning Monorail on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And we have a Gmail, Monorail at gmail.com. And you can visit our website, mondaymorningmonorailpodcast.com. And it'll link you to all of the important things. Don't forget, we have a toll-free number that you can call and talk to us about stuff too. By the way, I did find out that Podbean now supports that live interactive streaming and we are certainly going to do it. So we're talking about for our 100th episode. So this is a ways off, but maybe we'll do a test run between now and then we're going to do a live stream for our hundredth episode. And we want you to call in and be a part of that show. Uh, we'll probably come up with some questions, some themes, some things we can talk about, but please do it. And uh, let's make it a fun experience for everybody. And then, well, I mean, that'll go to the stream as well. But, you know, maybe it's something we can do on kind of a regular basis after that, depending on how it goes. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. So look for that coming up in the future. In the year 2000. Whoa. That was a Conan O'Brien. Whoa. All right. All right. I got to get ready to meet a famous chef. I got to go play some video games. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for listening. We will see you right back here next week. Until then, I hope you have a magical week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all.